Parsons, you're listening to No Names, All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names, All Game. Your Penn State Nittany Lions are 4-0 after a 38-17 victory over the Villanova Wildcats and up to number 4 in the country on the AP poll. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host Pat Colicchio. We are here to talk about the Villanova game, about the state of the program after four games in, and overall, we're pretty happy. Pat, how you feeling, man? Listen, I'm, you know, 4-0. Two wins over. If someone had told me, I think, like, every Penn State fan was like, hey, if we go through the first four games 3-1, and one, we got to be happy. Yeah. And I don't think many people realistically, like, would have given this more than a, a 70% chance. Yeah, I think it was a... With all the question marks heading in. Yes. It, you got to feel, are there some, some concerning points? Yes, there are, and we'll get to those. But you got to be thrilled that we're 4-0 right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, was, it was a foregone conclusion that we were probably going to lose either the Wisconsin or the Auburn game. Um, we win both of those, and those opponents, uh, a lot of talk on Twitter uh, over the weekend, how they are making us look very bad um, because they're, they're just not playing as, as good as we – hoped they would and maybe not giving us the quality wins. And, and, you know, I tweeted out there's, there's so much left on this schedule. I don't think we need to worry about that. Um, but at the end of the day, we're four now. So it doesn't matter what those teams are doing. If they're still playing well, of course, would it be great if Wisconsin beat Notre Dame and looked really good and they gave us a, a quality win? Sure. But they're, they're just not that team. So um, I think you look at us, like you said, number, number four in the country right now. This week we jumped Iowa and Oklahoma. Um, I've said it a bunch of times. I don't think, you know, the AP poll really matters that much anymore because, you know, it all comes down to what the college football playoff committee cares about. Um, but it feels pretty good seeing us top five. Uh, did, you, did you think we were having any chance of moving up, jumping Iowa and Oklahoma after this weekend? Um, I did not think we'd jump Iowa because I know they struggled with Colorado State, but – I didn't think it was like enough to really hit them for it, considering they're still undefeated. Oklahoma, to me, yeah, like they shouldn't even be. The only reason that they should be in the top ten is because like two or three perennial top ten programs have lost a game. Oklahoma has got to be the worst undefeated team in the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're getting like the, uh, they look like garbage. Their their fan base is is turning on them. I don't know if you, I'm sure you saw the tweet that the fans are chanting, "We want Caleb," which is Caleb yeah. Williams, number one quarterback prospect uh, that that we wanted a while ago. Uh, Spencer Radler and and he had a comment after the game too that probably won't sit well with a lot of fans. He goes, uh, you know, they asked him, they go, "What do you what do you think when you're hearing that? When you're hearing the we want Caleb chants?" And he says, "You know, I don't listen to them. They're not on the field." <laughs> which, if you're a professional athlete. Probably, you know, a fair answer, but uh, I don't think the college fan base is going to take to that. Um, you know, they, they beat West Virginia and unranked West Virginia 16-13, so I'm good with that jump. Um, the Iowa one yeah. is compelling. And, and not just that, they, they beat unranked Tulane by five. Five, yeah. <laughs> um, and then they had another game where they won by, like, a touchdown against it. Was it Nebraska? Um, I can't remember. They beat Nebraska by, like, six. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Yes, Nebraska, 23-16. You are correct, sir. Yeah, they're not good. Okay, so we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on Oklahoma because it doesn't matter, but it does impact us. We jump up to, uh, again, number four, so it's Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, and us. Um, you know, if all stays the same after this week, we are looking at a top five matchup uh, at Kinnick in Iowa, but as Coach Franklin always says, 
you want to know, we're going to focus on this week. I'm not going to look ahead. Uh, we'll do that a little bit in the State of the Union. But let's get to this game. Um, you know, we were just talking. There's not, there's not a ton to break down. This is, you know, Villanova is, you know, a, a good FCS school, but it's an FCS school. This should have been a beatdown. It was for the most part. Um, you know, a couple of late touchdowns make it look a lot closer than it was. Um, but overall, there's there's not a lot to go through this game. So let's let's give our quick awards, and then we'll talk a little bit more high level. Um, we'll start with the lion, as we always do, the MVP of this game. Who is your lion? Um, I think there's two or three guys you could choose from. I'm gonna go with sort of. I'm gonna go with Parker Washington, man. Classic. I mean, what a game! Five five targets, five receptions. You love that. 150 yards, almost two touchdowns, averaging like 30 yards a catch electric after the catch too i mean the, the kid played out of his mind i've been you know we've been sort of hyping him up for well over a year now talking about like what a playmaker he is and like man did he look like it on saturday yeah i uh i thought about giving him uh the lion i figured you would um so i went another way but he was one of my awards so let's let's just keep it there i'll give him the award right now uh i was gonna give him my harry houdini award uh is the great greatest escape artist of all time um, this kid is so good after the catch. Uh, it, it just, it, it, every time I think of it, I'm like, how is he going to get out of this? Oh, there he goes. Gone. See you later. Yeah. Touchdown. Um, that first one, first touchdown, it was a, a perfect throw from Cliff to hit him in stride, but there's still three Villanova defenders within a couple of yards of him. Like it's not a, it's not a guarantee that he scores on that play. And there's a fourth one that comes in from the other side of the field. Um, and he just hits it, doesn't miss a beat and he's gone. Um, on the second one, uh, that should have been a touchdown. They called him, uh, well, could have been a touchdown. He was out of bounds, uh, like on the six or something like that. Same thing. He catches the ball and there's a defender like sitting right on him and he just makes like one little move and poof, he's gone. Um, so he's my Harry Houdini of this week. In addition like to it. your line. Double away. Um, all right, my lion, my lion, uh, yeah, prestigious double award always. My lion, uh, very obvious again, but it's, it's Sean Clifford, man. Yeah, deserves it. He deserves it. I figured I, – I honestly, I had both of them. Whichever one you gave it to, I was going to give it to the other one. Um, Dawson had a great game. Defense looked great. But y you just have to be happy with Sean Clifford at this point. We didn't get to record uh, an episode last week after Auburn. Um, so the last thing that I've said about him on this podcast was after the Ball State game where I said, he's doing all the things that I asked him to do. He's managing the game. He's protecting the ball. But I want to see more. And, uh, man, has he given us more. Uh, the Auburn game was incredible. Obviously, you know, everyone's talked about that by now, but the 80-some-odd percent completion, um, you know, just, just playing the game of his life. And then he comes into this game and looks really, really good. Uh, 19 of 26 for 401 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception that was not his fault at all. It went off of uh, Keandre's hands. That happens. Um, he's just playing really well. Um, you know, this is, this is what we hoped for when your came in is, can you fix Sean Clifford? Can you make him an above average quarterback? And I'll be the first to say it. I didn't really believe it, man. I, I said, I think he can be slightly above average. I think he can maybe be a game manager and, and we'll rely on our run game. How, how, how the tables have turned on that one. Um, but he just looks good. His pocket presence looks so much better. He's not giving up on plays and, and actually extending plays rather than freaking out and running down the field. Um, I, I have some season stats and some historical things I'll, I'll save for when we get into state of the program. But he's just he's proven me wrong in every facet so far. I'm sure there will be some difficult games as we get into the you know the thick of the Big Ten schedule, and you know I, I, there will be some games where maybe we'll get a little frustrated. But I'm officially saying at right now, right now I am done 
bashing Clifford. I'm done. I'm done being pessimistic on Clifford. He's done everything and more that I could ask for. I know it's Villanova, but hell of a game. I like it. All right, uh, let's move to awards. I gave out one already. I, I do have a couple, so I have a backup. Let's start with yours. Uh, last time we were on here, you, you gave out the prestigious Joey Sack Award, which got a lot of love. Johnny Sack. Johnny Sack. I knew I was Johnny close. Sack. Johnny Sack Award, which got a lot of love on Twitter. Um, so let's let's hit the people with another good one. What do you got for this one? I'm going to keep in kind of the same neighborhood. I'm going with the, uh, the Goodfellas Award. Goodfellas. Okay. Um... I don't know who this could be. I feel like this could go so many. If, if you're actually talking about good fellas, it should be the defense. But uh, if the reference to the movie, there's a lot of different things there. So it's both. Oh, okay. What do we got? All right. So now in Goodfellas, they talked about how they grew up right near Idlewild Airport and they were constantly robbing the airport. Mm-hmm. Well, Jair Brown robs everything that goes into the air. Let me tell you <laughs> something. Kid's got two interceptions on the season. He wasn't a guy who we thought would be like a superstar coming in. He was sort of like the second safety. That everyone was talking about and you gotta love the guy who's got two interceptions in four games he's playing great he's stealing everything that goes up in the air i love that i love that jair brown the good fellas award okay i like that um mine's mine's kind of similar in a sense i, I have two that are similar so you know what we're gonna go with the first one um this is the ice cold lemonade on a hot summer's day award ice cold lemonade on a hot summer's day Mm. Any guesses? Any guesses? It's obviously something refreshing. Yes. And things that are refreshing, it's either going to be something on the defensive side of the ball or one of our wide receivers. It is on the defense. We're going to talk a ton about the wide receivers because they're great. But this is going to my man, Tariq Castro-Fields. He has been just refreshing this season, but particularly why I'm giving this award uh, was, was the interception that went to Jair Brown. Uh, the tip drill, uh, he, he just played wonderful coverage, did what he was supposed to do, tipped it up in the air, gave his guy a chance. And that was just refreshing because we've had several, I feel like this year, uh, interceptions that have just been flat out dropped. Um, we had the one, Jair Brown had one earlier this game that it was a penalty and it got called back. Uh, we had a couple that should have been like pick sixes that, you know, eyes get a little bit big. You're looking down the field. I'm not going to complain about the defense. Defense is playing lights out, but in, in, a world where you're going to nitpick, those things can be a little frustrating. And Tariq Castro-Fields is just refreshing, man. A, a great play that led to a, a, a turnover. Um, and he's just been good all season. Like, we haven't talked about him at all. Um, but he had a nice pass breakup in the Auburn game. Um, he's, he's been consistently good in coverage from what I've seen. I'm not an expert there, but I, I haven't seen a ton of mistakes from him. Um, so, yeah, ice-cold lemonade on a hot summer's day. That goes to Tariq Castro-Fields. Okay, I like it. Uh, next award, what do you got? I have the Toby Award. Toby? Toby. Uh, uh, is this a reference to The Office? It is. <laughs> Toby Flanderson, the, the worst <laughs> person in the world? Oh, God. I mean, it's got to go to the running game. It does. <laughs> because I hate so many things about the way you are. <laughs> and that is how I feel about our run game right now. Ineffective against Wisconsin. I could have gotten over that. Pretty ineffective against Auburn. And then just like really lackluster against Villanova. You know, it's yeah. just, it, you know, it's something we're going to talk about throughout the episode, I'm sure. It's been all the rage to talk about on Penn State football Twitter. But, I mean, we had, what, 80 yards rushing as a team? 
and our best back had 45 yards for the game. Like, come on. You play against an FCS team, a team that's going to be full of, like, two to zero star recruits. And we don't even put up 100 yards on the ground? I understand we're taking what we got, but, like, that's pathetic. It really is. Um, and this is, like you said, the hot topic for everyone right now because it's been a consistent theme. And not to mention our, our top rusher was, was John Lovett, uh, the transfer that comes in, which, hey, good for him, 45 yards yeah, or something like that. Someone who I think most people would have considered our third or fourth string running back. Exactly. When you come into the season thinking, hey, Noah Kane and Kevon Lee are going to do huge things, uh, it hasn't happened. And yeah, man. Um, I, I heard a lot. Um, I have a friend who's a Villanova fan. He was like, yeah, you know, we're, we're 3-0. We're pretty good. I was like, yeah, that's great for you. I love that for you. Um, yeah. in, in Clifford's in Clifford's press conference, he said something along the lines of, you know, yeah, they, they were giving us a lot of different looks up front, different than what we saw. So we were just taking taking what we could get. And, you know, the run game wasn't there. They, they played really well. Dude, like, I, I get that to an extent. But like you said, it's an FCS team. This is not Ball State, who's a MAC champion which we downplayed them. This is another level, another division of college football. You should be able to run all over them. Um, so I think the big question that comes from, from you know, Penn State Twitter right now is, is it the offensive line? Is it the running backs? Is it a combination of both? Um, where, are you, where are you laying your fault right now for, is it the scheme? Is it your sitch? Like, where are you laying your fault for what's going on right now? Um, I don't know how much I would put on your sitch. Uh, especially because I've liked much of much else of what he has done. Yeah. Um, but I, I, there's going to be some pretty even blame to go around. Because, I mean, we've seen Noah Kane and Kevon Lee be good. Um, and it's not like the, you know, the offensive line got dominated. You know, they weren't, like, in the backfield stopping these guys. But, you know, you don't see enough push on on run plays, especially against an inferior opponent. And it's just like, yeah, you also need to – you know, be better as yeah. a running back. Like you need to make plays and like yeah, none I, of it's happening. Right. Right. And I think, you know, that's why uh, a couple of weeks ago I gave Kevon Lee my, uh, my wrecking ball award. Cause it was so nice to see him just cruising through the defense for three or four plays in a row. Um, little did I know I'd be, you know, hanging on to those three or four plays because they're far and few between. Uh, it was the same with Lovett in this game. He was our leading receiver or leading rusher rather. Um, most of his yards came from, four five carries i think um what did what did he have he had uh, i think 11 yards yeah an average of four yards a carry basically yeah so and, and most of that came from from a handful of carries uh he had a couple of chunk plays a six yard run an 11 yard run an eight yard run um so i mean that was nice to see in in, in those moments but there's there's really no consistency so um yeah i mean i think this goes back to you know your frustrations with the offensive line of of they're just not performing the way we need them to. Uh, pass protection has been surprisingly good at times. Um, and that's another question a lot of people talk about is like, why is it that we can pass protect so well, but not run block? Um, I don't know what the answer to that is. You know, I saw a lot of people talking about, oh, we've recruited, you know, guys that are, are more in the, the tackles, scheme of big and, guards, tackles yeah. and guards. Like, okay, man, I don't know. I don't, I don't like that as an excuse. Like you've, you've got talent. You've got guys that are, high three stars, low four stars that have been in the program for three years. Like you should be able to run block the hell out of an FCS team. I don't care if they are one of the best FCS teams. It should just be able to happen. So um, 
I think, like you said, it's both. I, I like it, it scares me that we haven't seen Noah Kane be like dominant coming off the injury. You know, we missed him so much last year, and we saw we saw his potential as a freshman. Um, Kevon Lee is actually like leading us in in yards per carry overall, um, but but he's kind of hit or miss too. There's the moments where he looks like a bowling ball and he's he's just doing it, and then there's others where you're like, okay, man, like hit the hole and go, like hit the hole and go. Stop dancing, stop stop yeah. being so so cautious almost. Um, and I don't know. I, I I know I'm rambling right now, and I know if you're listening to this and you're like actually like a very knowledgeable football fan, I'm sorry because this is just a a fan's frustration coming out. Um, but it's something that we need to fix as we go into Big Ten play. Like if you if you can't get push against Villanova, what's going to happen when you play Iowa? When you play Michigan, who has you know a first round pick coming off the edge? Uh, when you play Ohio State, who has who has you know for all their troubles or quote unquote troubles, has a very strong defensive line. Um, it's scary. I don't have an answer. I don't have really great insight on this, but it's, it's scary. So the Toby award goes to the run game. Um, all right. My last one, uh, I prepared three because I figured my Harry Houdini was going to get taken. Um, I hate to do this because you and I are Jets fans. Um, but this is the Bill Belichick award. Um, and uh, his famous saying, you know, in all those Patriots Super Bowl runs, their dynasties, the famous quote is, do your job. Uh, and this goes to the defense. They're doing their job, man, at every single phase. Um, you look at this game, like I mentioned, it, it finished 38-17. Starting defense let up three points and 111 total yards in three quarters. I was looking at the breakdown. Villanova ends with 280 total yards. 169 of them came on those last two drives. That led to two touchdowns against our second and third teamers. So. To our starting defense, you have done your job. You have kept us in games. You have changed the momentum. Um, it, it's everything that we could ask for. So congratulations, begrudgingly, because I'm a Jets fan, you get the Bill Belichick Do Your Job Award. I like it. Um, anything else on this game, particularly before we get into the State of the Union? We talked about the run game a little bit. Um, Keandre Lambert-Smith, shout out, got his first touchdown, uh, I believe, of his career. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I think it was his first. Um, and he's emerging as a true number three. Uh, that was that was very nice to see. Um, there was a stat I brought up in our, our preseason preview of the offense uh, that I that I wanted to see improve was uh, yards per pass attempt, where I compared. You know, historically we had been around seven, um, maybe close to eight in some points, where we weren't just driving the the ball down the field. And uh, this game, it was on full display. It was up at at almost fourteen yards per per pass attempt. Uh, so love to see what your is doing in that sense. Um, the only thing I think that I, I, other than, you know, just run game in general was uh, just third down conversions in this game. We were three for 12, not ideal. Um, and, and of those failures, five of them came from rushing attempts. So just kind of beats that, beats that horse a little bit further. Um, but overall, yeah, it's a win. We're four and oh, we're number four in the nation. Uh, what do you got on this game? Anything else? No, I mean, there's not much else to say. You know, the the win was there. Um, it was, you know, it was definitely a blowout while, while the starters were there, but it was not like the, you know, you know, Georgia winning 62 to nothing or when Alabama plays an FCS team, they win by a thousand. Right. Um, you would have liked to see a little bit more, but it was a win and it wasn't like a, wasn't like we had to gut it out and win. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then I think that's what I, everyone was like, 
had a little bit of sour taste in their mouth of like, this could have been a, a 60 to nothing or a 50 to nothing. And you can't split hairs like that. It's a win. It's coming off of a huge emotional win after the whiteout. Uh, Franklin even mentioned that in his press conference that he thinks some guys were, you know, kind of hung up on that. I don't know what the word he used was, but like, you know, still thinking about that or, or a little overconfident from that, I think he said. So it happens. It's a win. Um, but let's take a look at, at the season so far. Um, where do you want to start? Um, you know, are we as good as – I think that's the question on everyone's mind. Like, are we as good as this number four ranking? Yeah, I'm surprised we we jumped up this quick. Um, I am too. I, I think maybe it's like years past where – like you, you would almost have to be like, we're doing everything we can and we're still not jumping teams. What the hell? Like uh, you would see it where, and that's why I asked in the beginning of the show, like, do you, you know, were you expecting us to jump uh, Iowa and Oklahoma? I feel like, and I don't have any stats to back this up, but I feel like historically, even if teams win ugly, they don't get jumped. They stay where they are. Um, not teams like, lose. not teams like Oklahoma usually. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, a team yeah. that usually gets the benefit. Iowa See, the thing is, like, historically, I would see it happening more, us jumping Iowa. But, like, in terms of what should actually happen, I see us jumping jumping Oklahoma more. But, yeah. like, and you know, look at, as far as, like, undefeated teams behind us go, Iowa. That can go either way, and quite frankly, it, that's going to be solved in two weeks when we play each other. So it yep. really doesn't matter. Oklahoma, they've looked terrible. They don't deserve to be in the top ten, as far as I'm concerned. Cincinnati, not a Power 5 team. So I get it. Arkansas, I'm not, I don't think they even started the season ranked, but they've looked good. They beat Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they could, you could make a case that they deserve to be as high as we are. That's fine. Notre Dame has, until this Wisconsin game, looked terrible. You know, almost lost to Toledo, almost lost to Florida State, who's got to be like the worst power five team. <laughs> um, and then you start getting into teams with losses. You know, like Old Miss is 3-0, BYU's 4-0, Michigan's 4-0. But none of them have really played anybody. And none of them started the season ranked that highly either. So, I mean, it kind of, like, as much as I don't feel like watching these games, I'm like, man, we're, we're in the – because number four is in the college football playoff. And right. watching these games, I haven't been like, man, we're a surefire college football playoff team. But when you look at the field, you go, okay, th- this makes sense. Yeah, I can see this. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a weird year in a sense that, like, you know, we, we always talk about how preseason rankings, you know, should they exist, should they not exist, how much do they influence these first couple of weeks? Because, you know, if we don't play number 12 Wisconsin and number 20, what were they, 22 Auburn, Auburn whatever they were, yeah. um, if we don't play those teams at the rankings that they're at, we probably don't get those jumps that we saw. You know, we skyrocketed after that uh, that Auburn win. We went, what, 19 to 12, I think, or 11. Um, that's a huge jump that you just kind of, you know, that's like a, a fast pass at the amusement parks. Like, hey, I'm going to jump all these teams real quick because I beat. No, that, that's when we went to six. It was after Auburn. Yeah, yeah, no, I was talking about just after after Wisconsin, like going oh, yeah, from yeah, 19 yeah. up to 11. Like, yeah. that's a huge jump based solely on the fact that they ranked, ranked uh, Wisconsin so high. Like, yeah. Wisconsin has proven that they don't look good. Graham Mertz does not look good. Um, so we, we get the benefit of the doubt from that. So uh, And this is what I tweeted out the other day. Like, we can't worry about that. We can't control that. It doesn't matter what they do at this point. People are like – and I even tweeted out. I was like, come on, Auburn, get your shit together. Like, it's Georgia State. Like, 
it doesn't matter. Like, of course we want them to win. Of course we want them to make our strength of schedule look better. But like, look at, look at history of the last couple of years. Clemson hardly plays anyone in the ACC. And as long as they win, they're in just because they're beating teams. They're beating them yeah. handedly. And they are a fun team, a good team to watch. If we, if this offense continues to play the way it is, fix the run game. <laughs> if this offense continues to play the way it's capable of and Clifford plays at the level that he's at, this defense continues to be dominant. Like there's no reason we don't deserve that spot. Um, and we have a lot of strong teams left on our schedule. Um, you know, we've, we've got Iowa, we've got Ohio state, we've got Michigan, we've got Michigan state all ranked. Um, Indiana in a couple weeks, they were, they were three and zero. did they win this week or no, they lost. Um, um, they already had one loss. They lost to open the season, didn't they? Oh, you're right. I'm thinking of of uh, what you call Maryland was three and zero. Rutgers was three and zero. A lot of teams that have started strong this year. So I think yeah, Michigan think, State's four and zero. Yeah, they they look. I mean, their their running back was his name Kenneth Walker. Is it? Um, he looks great. I think he's leading the country in yards uh, yards after contact or something like that. Um, they, there's so much on our schedule that. If we take care of business and we win the games ahead of us, it won't matter. Like there won't be a reason. And this is, this is what I love about the start of the season. Um, every year we kind of always look at like, all right, we have to win every single game because we're probably going to lose to Ohio state. So we need to win every other game and then hope something happens to them. Yeah. We don't have to hope anything right now. We are completely in control. Win every game ahead of you, and most of our opponents, as good as as some of them look, look beatable. Even Ohio State, win and you're in. That's it. Speaking of which, Ohio State did CJ Stroud get hurt or benched? I think he was hurt. He there was something, and who knows what's actually happening behind the scenes. But there was something like he wasn't practicing completely that week. Uh, And then I think like the day before, they said he's officially out, and they brought in uh, was it Kyle Kyle McCord? McCord, yeah. And he looked okay. I think he won Big Ten Freshman of the Week this year. Um, yeah. They were playing Akron. So, you know, again, you expect an Ohio State five-star prospect to look good against Akron. Um, I, I'll be honest. I was a little worried. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. Because, like, Stroud has been good, but they're, they're been like, all right, you know, they, they're not the same team that they've always been. I was like, fuck, here we go. This kid McCourt's going to come in and just be, like, the savior, and this will change the whole script of their entire season, and we won't be able to have any nice things. Um but I don't know. I imagine if Stroud is healthy, they'll go back to him next week. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, I think that's the next thing we got to talk about is Ohio State. Because, you know, I, there's the two, the two big, like, boogeymen on our schedule are this year Iowa mm-hmm. and, like, as always, Ohio State. Like, hey, do we look like we can beat Ohio State? Um, I mean, they lost to Oregon in not incredibly close game. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you know, one play goes the other way and Ohio State wins. Like, no, I think they lost by two possessions, didn't they? Uh, I think it was one, if I remember. Yeah, 28-35. Okay, yeah. yeah. They lost by seven. Yep. But, you know, it was – Oregon looked like the better team. Yeah. And, I mean, you look, you look at Oregon, it's Joe, that's a Joe Moorhead offense, right? We're very familiar with that offense. He found ways to beat their defense. He found ways to get chunk plays. And we've seen Yersich doing similar things. I'm not saying scheme-wise, but, like, finding ways to get the ball in your best players' hands and letting them do what they do. Um, you know, we talked about how difficult the run game has been for us, and, and one of Franklin's answers has been, you know, well, we've had a lot of success on, on the screens and the, you know, getting running backs out in space and even our wide receiver screens, which they look at as an extension of the run game. 
Um, I don't know how much I believe that or if that's more of just an excuse to make us feel better, um, but they're finding ways to, to beat defenses. And, and that's what you have to do when you play in Ohio state um, or in Iowa in this sense. Um, and I think for what it's worth, like you said, Michigan and Michigan state are both like super confident right now when you have teams that are, and I think especially, I, I meant to say this in my last rant, but I think especially coming off of a weird COVID year where like, there was a lot of weird seasons. Obviously, we started 0-5. That lit a fire under our ass, right? We, we are now at a place where we want to control and we want to win. A lot of these teams are in the same situation of like, last season was weird. We didn't have fans. We didn't get to do this. We didn't play as much as we thought. We had games canceled. Like, there are teams that are just motivated as hell this season because, you know, for some guys, it's their last year. Um, so I, I think I, – I truly think at this point, if our defense keeps playing the way it is, our offense has the potential – to beat anyone on the schedule. I, I really, really believe that. And four weeks ago, before the season started, I wouldn't have had that answer. I just wouldn't. So um, I, I think you credit a lot to, to what Yersich has been able to do over the first couple of weeks, what Cliff has been able to do, um, our receiving core, which I just, I love, um, and the defense. So yeah, to answer your original question, I, I think, Knock on wood, I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to cross my fingers. I think I think we can beat Ohio State this year, which honestly I, I haven't said the last couple of years. Like it's yeah. it's always been the hope, it's always been the feeling, but like be like we can, but every single thing will have to go right, and we can't yeah. make a mistake, and we need them to turn the ball over. Like this is a year where I'm looking at like the talent on the field, and yeah, they still have more five star recruits than us. They still probably are a they definitely not probably they are definitely a more talented roster overall, but the opportunity is there for us to take it. So, yeah, I mean, don't, so I don't think CJ Stroud looks amazing. I think our defense mm-hmm. can absolutely keep him in check. Um, their running game looks very good. However, our run defense is very good. So that's, yep. you know, sort of strength on strength right there. And what, you know, what worries me the most is the fact that their run defense has been taken advantage of. That's where they've been weak. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we right now don't have that run game. Now, this game takes place, what, almost a month from now? Right. If you think these are going to be the two exact same teams facing off against each other in a month, you're wrong. Like, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, there, I think there's a decent chance that our offensive scheme, our running backs, our linemen figure something out and that run game starts to click. And if you don't think that, like, this roster full of five-star recruits Ohio State are going to start playing at least a little bit better, you're crazy. Like, yeah. They're going to hit a groove, and they're going to be looking a lot better than they did against Oregon, against Minnesota. You know, like, these are talented dudes. Now, do I still think we can win this game? Absolutely. And I, I do. I think this is the most realistic shot we've had to win this game in probably since 2017. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was uh, one of those games that, you know, we had the lead in blue. And for the record, I just want to put this out there into the universe. We are not looking ahead. We are, we are talking state of the union. It's we're talking about the team. This is state of the program. We're not looking ahead. We're not giving up on the next three games. Yeah, we we're, have the we're, we're still doing the Hawkeyes, in the Indiana, you know, Indiana preview in a couple of days. Yes, exactly. And, and, and as soon as we end recording this, we will be focused on 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. Of course. But it is fun to look at the entire schedule. So let's, let's look at the schedule for a minute here. This week we have Indiana. Revenge game after they broke our hearts week one. Yes. And maybe they didn't break our hearts. Maybe the refs broke our hearts. I won't say that. They broke our hearts. Uh, we have Indiana. Then we go to Iowa. Then we get a bye week, which is honestly very nice timing, I think. Because if we're able to go into Iowa, you know, 
really grit out a win in, in a probably a tough fought battle. That'll be a very nice bye week uh, yeah. to come back. You get Illinois at home, then you go at Ohio State at Columbus. So Hawkeyes are on the road. Buckeyes are on the road. Then you go at Maryland, who I don't know why. Like Maryland has like has always just chirped us, and I've, I I see so many fans on Twitter that go back and forth with them. I'm like, don't I don't even want to entertain that. I know they beat us last year, um, but that's at. That's at Maryland. Um, then we get Michigan they didn't just at home. Us. They embarrassed us last year. They did embarrass us. <laughs> so we go at Maryland. Then we get Michigan at home. We get Rutgers at home. And then we go to East Lansing to end the season. Um, there's a lot of difficult games on the schedule, man. There, there are a lot of really good teams. And we can't look ahead, which is, you know, yeah. you and I can because it's fun and we talk about it. This team has to has to literally buy into that mantra of want to know, want to know, want to know, take it one week at a time and take care of business. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the only team on the schedule who legitimately looks bad right now is Illinois. And even they're yeah. like losing mostly tight games. Mm-hmm. And didn't they, didn't they win week one against Nebraska? I mean, Nebraska, they did. Isn't, anything. Yeah. Nebraska isn't anything, but they showed some life. Yeah. They won their first game and they've lost, you know, other than against UVA, they've lost every game by one score. Yeah. So and now they're not against very good teams, but right. still like right. this is not a team that's getting run over every week. Like you know, the, the perennial joke of the conference Rutgers is three and one. Mm-hmm. They've they've looked decent, man. They I mean they yeah. lost to Michigan by one score this week. Yeah. And it was a it was a close game. Um yeah, we, we could talk about there, this all day. There's, there, no, there's, layups this, this there's no layups. There's no layups. It, we there was so much off-season talk about just get through Wisconsin and Auburn, and then you know we'll we'll take it from there. Well, we got through we're them. Through, yeah, we're through them, and the rest of the season looks just as daunting. Um, so I think I think there's a lot of excitement to be had. I think, like I said, there's there's so much so much fun that we were worried about. Um, the run game is one thing we weren't worried about. Hopefully, that means that it'll get fixed. Hopefully, that yeah. means that there's potential waiting waiting to be opened up. Um, but I'm excited about this team, man. I really, I've, I've had fun every week. I've enjoyed watching it. Like there, there are, there are seasons where it's like truly nerve wracking, truly on the edge of your seat. Like, Oh God, I don't think we're going to win this. Like I think after that first Wisconsin game, that's the only one I was, I was scared. I was like, they're going to come back and just that missed extra point is going to fucking kill us. Like I think after we got over that moment, I was like, I believe in this team. Like I, I really do. Yeah. I mean, Auburn was touch and go as well though. Yeah. You know, true. That was, that was not a cakewalk. And but I believed we, in it. But I believed yeah. the entire game. I was like, we can, we can win this. Yes, we are talented exactly. enough. We are playing well enough. Like I wasn't, I wasn't in years past. And whenever we have big games like that, I'm like, oh God, here we go again. We have a lead and we're going to blow it. Or something's going to happen in the fourth quarter. And we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to hear that, that same speech from Franklin of how we've got to finish. We've got to get better. And like, it just, it feels different this year. Yeah. And you know, it's, you were talking about the, uh, like the schedule doesn't look as daunting. It's funny because it, both does and doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's like the so Ohio State now looks less daunting than they usually do, but like Iowa looks a little more than usual. Mm-hmm. Rutgers looks more daunting than usual. <laughs> Michigan State looks more daunting than we expected. So it's like, yep. And now there's also the expectation of like, you know, can we run the table? You know, like there's this thing off in the distance that hasn't been really there. Since yeah. we lost to Ohio State in 2017. Yeah. If we're being exactly. honest. Exactly. 
No, you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right. Because that's, it's, that's the, always the feeling is like, all right, we'll beat the couple of, you know, cupcakes that we have in the beginning of the season. And then there's always kind of one test early on. And we're always just looking at that Ohio state game. as like, that's going to be the make or break. And now it's like, it's, it's a little different. Like they're there every week is going to be something different and we need to continue doing what we've done and we need to get better in the areas that we need to. And I know that sounds so dumb and so simple. Like, yeah, keep doing the good things, get better at the bad things. Like, yes, it does seem simple and it, and it is in a sense. So um, I've been really happy with this team. I've been really happy with Clifford. A um, couple more Clifford notes here. I, I was going to say these in my, uh, my, my lion award earlier. Um, he's only the second, it's only the second time in Penn state history that a quarterback has thrown over 400 yards it is 401. Can you believe that? Oh. For, as, wow. for, as long, for as long as this team has been around, the only other one was Hackenberg in Ireland when we played UCF. Um, really? I was at that game. I, I would have thought maybe a Kerry Collins or something. Nope. Hackenberg threw for 454 in that game. Uh, and Cliff going for 401 is the only second time that anyone's ever done that for Penn State. Um, well, I guess you do have to remember we had one coach for a very long time who really enjoyed running the ball. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Clifford Clifford, with this performance, that, that 400 yard, uh, he enters the top five in career passing yards. Uh, he trails Trace, Hackenberg, Mills, and McGloin. Um, that's, you know, they're, they're, I'm looking at the stats, I'm like, Damn, he's doing a lot better than I thought he was. Uh, and then I saw, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not giving credit to whoever tweeted this out, but someone tweeted this out, uh, I think it was last week. Um, I'll find it and, and retweet it. But they said, uh, you know, did you know, it might, be, it might be that playbook. There's like a playbook mark, I think maybe. I don't know. I'll look it up. Uh, I said, did you know that Sean Clifford actually leads Penn State quarterbacks in career completion percentage? Um, which blew my mind. Because all we've ever talked about is the, the past three years on this podcast, he's got to get his completion percentage up. He's got to get his completion yeah, percentage up. Right. Uh, right now, he is sitting at 62% career completion. That's the highest for a Penn, a Penn State quarterback with, like, significant attempts. Yeah. You know, there's the guys that are two for two or three for three. <laughs> you know, that, that had no, no real stats. But he's at 62%. Uh, Daryl Clark was at 60. McSorley at 59 McGloin at 57, Kerry Collins at 56. So like for as much as I've given Clifford shit over the last two years, he's, 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 he's had a, he's had a decent, he's had a, he's had a decent, he's had a decent to good career and it's just been frustrating in moments. And now this is the season where we're seeing him get rid of those moments. Like I said, eight touchdowns to two interceptions on the season. One of them was this week when it was off of Kendra Lamb Smith's hands. It was a perfect throw. And the other one, I think, was at the end of a half where they just, like, threw out the prayer. I don't uh, remember exactly what it was. It was towards the end of the first half of Auburn, and he was getting hit when he threw. Okay, okay. And it was, and it uh, was down deep in the, in the zone. So it was, like, yeah. kind of low risk. So overall – He's doing everything you want him to do. I know I've yeah. said that probably 10 times on this episode already. But No, I mean, he um, has looked at the top of our expectations, perhaps yeah. better. Yeah. I think that's it, man. Like, I know we're rambling. Um, if you're listening, if you're still listening, thanks for sticking with us. Um, you know, Villanova game didn't have a ton to talk about, so we wanted just to give a, give a high-level overview. Um, and I think that's it, man. You got anything else, yeah. Matt? Let's find that run game. Let's find that run game so they don't have to get the Toby Flenderson award again. Great award. I will give you that. Great award. Um, this is a fun team. Enjoy this. Enjoy these moments. Enjoy these week in, week out. We're going to talk Indiana later this week. Um, like I said, revenge game. Fuck them. Michael Penix, I hate you. 
refs, I hate you. Um, enjoy these games for what they are. Enjoy this team for what they are. Look at this defense. Look at what we're doing when we had so many question marks coming into this season. And enjoy the ride. Let's go 1-0 this week. We are.